Welcome to the Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jere, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa. Greetings, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's episode of the Weekly Beat. My name is Dumi Jere. And this week, we're going to try to do things a little bit differently. I'm going to make the special call out at the beginning instead of the end. So please follow our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts and or Amazon Music so that you're notified whenever a new episode goes live. With me is my co-host, my beautiful sister, Maggie. How are you, Maggie? I'm doing fine. Thank you so much, Dume. How is Johannesburg? No, it is all right. It is all right. There's some progress with regards to the vaccines, so we're happy about that. Your side, which part of the world are you in anyway? <laughs> I'm in Nairobi. I'm in Nairobi. I'm in Nairobi. We're keeping away from COVID-19, so we can't move anyhow. But um, it's a bit interesting. I don't even know what to say when we talk about how are you. I feel like I want to say... I don't know how the next six months is going to be because we're already in the middle of the year and we're still talking about vaccines and COVID. I bring this up every single episode because it is the basis of business. It is the basis of livelihoods. We go back and then we take two steps ahead with a vaccine and then take like 10 steps back. I just yeah. read a story yesterday yeah. of uh, this group of 10 guys in the UK who went to watch a soccer match uh, for England and then at the end of the match out of 11 of them, 9 of them had COVID-19, they had symptoms and they were all vaccinated posing a question, oh. are we even safe with the vaccines? Okay, wow, for now I think we can only dream eh? Um, until we, we are able to vaccinate a good number of our population in Africa. The Delta variant yeah. ravaged India a couple of months ago yeah. is now mm. in the Sadak region and mm. a number of the countries are battling that um, Delta variant, including South Africa. So the numbers in South Africa are, yeah, they're very scary. But uh, closer to South Africa, a country really that sometimes people feel that it should be a province of South Africa because it is almost in South Africa. Eswatini, lots has been going on um, in the kingdom of uh, Eswatini. Africa's last absolute monarch, these protests turned violent uh, this week and uh, they're pro-democracy uh, protests. So people want democracy and uh, they don't want to continue with the monarch rule. Uh. And so what they decided, some buildings that were connected to King Swati III were torched by the protesters and police have reportedly been assaulting and arresting political opponents. The numbers are a bit shaky because some say there are at least eight people that have been killed. Some say there's 50, some say there's 100. What makes it worse is the government has shut down the internet. Or if the internet is there, the social media sites are not available. So Twitter, Facebook, and so forth, which makes it difficult to access reliable news from within the country. But we've got some people that we know in the country and uh, we've got some information uh, and things are really bad. Um, so it's just a crazy time. Uh, you're trying to deal with COVID pandemic. At the same time, you have people going out into the streets to protest. Uh, at the same time, you unleash the army and the police to sort of maintain peace, but in the process, human rights violations and stifling of freedom of speech, I mean, and so many other things. You know, Domi, um, as you were talking about um, what's happening in Eswatini, 
much as we all know what's going on, you know, the people taking on the streets uh, to protest, all of these things. And and then to my mind, it kept on thinking, you know, if we if we took a step back and counted how many uh, protests we've had in the past one year, can we actually quantify that to how much money we could have lost? <laughs> Talk about this year from Iswatini, Mozambique, the amount of money we saw the government lose in terms of investment from uh, uh, Total and all the investors that had to pull out. Mm-hmm. Then we go back to last year. Maybe last year was yeah. a bit quieter. But still, there are all these, you know, demonstrations that happen here and there, you know, and so forth. And I feel like we haven't got to that point where we say, this has actually costed the continent this amount of money, also mm-hmm. leaving us wondering, okay, where is the AU? How do we get to this part? You know, what is even the main issues? And Eswatini is the last monarchy to, that we have in Africa, isn't it? Yeah, 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 it is, it is. So I think um, what sort of triggered um, this thing, I think um, the COVID pandemic um, has essentially worsened the situation that we had. So for those that had jobs, some lost jobs. Um, for those that still have jobs, some are now on reduced salaries and so forth. So yeah. you have about 80% of the population living below the poverty line, right? In the midst of that unfortunate situation, you have the king who supposedly or is actually living an extravagant lifestyle. Um, all of his wives, or if not majority of the wives, drive uh, or are driven in Rolls Royces in a country yeah. that's got 80% of uh, the population living in poverty. So now people then begin to feeling like uh, their problems are caused by the king and his government. So people now then demand that the king must step aside. And so the protesters now seem to mean more business. And you are right when talking about um, when we look at the number of countries, particularly, uh, I think we can extend it to the whole continent. But in Sadek, you were right. There was the Mozambique that was going on. Zimbabwe, I think it was, uh, if not last year, it was the other year. Um, you've got some in South Africa as well in the mix. And there's just so much instability, which at the end of the day sometimes ends up threatening investors. At the end of the day, we talk about investment mm-hmm. on this show, right? People mm-hmm. then think, okay, so is it safe for us to go into this country now? Because, well, um, there's mm-hmm. so much instability. What do we say to such people? You know, I saw somewhere online um, that uh, the king of Iswatini bought an Airbus of 2.7 billion rand for his 50th birthday using state funds and uh, an additional 500 million rand to refurbish it and, of course, to keep it in the newly constructed airport of about Mm. 2.2 billion rand. I don't know how much that is in dollars. But um, I think there is a revolution sweeping all over. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, I have quite reservations when it comes to some of these revolutions. I've, I think we've had these conversations. Countries like Iswatini, let me even call it a kingdom. It's one of those kingdoms, not so much you would hear a lot coming from that. I'm so glad we have you on the show today because you must be one of the... <laughs> 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 the, many, the few people I know that have been to Swatini this year, so there's so much to yeah. learn from you. Yeah. But um, it gives an indication that there is so much hunger. Uh, much as there's investment coming into the continent, there's also so much hunger and need for for accountability when it comes to Africans. Mm. Even when you look at Swatini, it's the young people demonstrating. 
Yes, yes. There's yes. got to be some bit of development. I mean, basic needs. And COVID-19 has pushed us to the corner that you either provide for the masses or hmm. it's just a time bomb. I mean, yes, there is yes. a very high rise. The, the unemployment is on the rise. I think this is a report from ILO in, in, yes, on the yes. African continent. A lot of people have been left without jobs. The governments mm-hmm. have to have plans for their citizens. So mm-hmm. it might be costing a lot in terms of investment and getting people to come into these economies. How much does Iswatini bring in? I would love to understand more about this small economy. <laughs> so I'm not sure of the actual GDP at this point. Um, but when you look at from agricultural point of view, part of the sugar that is uh, used not only in the country, but in the um, Sadak region and by extension the rest of the continent, um, a good number of it or a good portion of it comes from uh, the kingdom of Eswatini. So there's a lot to offer from a tourism perspective. They also have a lot to offer. Um, and um, the thing about it is um, at the end of the day, what is happening now is almost threatening because they were on a drive to try and encourage companies to set base for mm-hmm. exports. So there's only so much that you can provide. I mean, the population is around 1.3 million, uh, give or take, right? So there's only so much that you yeah. can provide for such a population. So your best bet as a government is to encourage or attract people to come and set base in the country for exports. So that's uh, yeah. perhaps think of it in terms of maybe a small startup wants to set up um, an IT uh, hub or the help desk. So you could actually be in South Africa, but then your IT help desk is stationed yes. in, uh, in, in Eswatini. In that way, you're actually also creating employment and, um, you know, uh, you, your businesses continue to function. With also the planned uh, introduction of certain um, SEZs, the economic zones, where you can get extra tax benefits if you set set up in the country, maybe from a manufacturing perspective or from a construction perspective, Things like this, they sort of destabilize those plans and they derail uh, everything that you had in plan to say, OK, maybe by the year 2023 as a country, this is where we want it to be. Uh, already when you have things like this now, uh, then everybody gets jittery. But I want to play uh, the devil's advocate. Uh, I know this is what Arnold likes to do. Uh, so I'm gonna take. I'm gonna <laughs> take. I'm gonna take. <laughs> I do miss him. So, but I'm gonna take his job for now, and I want to play the devil's yeah. advocate and say, you know, when you look at a country, for example, say DRC, right? We're not supporting mm-hmm. the things that the human rights abuses that go on in DRC. Mm-hmm. However, when you look at DRC with all the commotion that's there, with all the chaos that's there, companies still flock. They never complain. Investors never complain and say, well, we're not going to DRC because there's so much instability. Why is it the case then when a country like Eswatini, things like this happen and people start saying, maybe not? Why is that? Mm. I mean, I mean, that's a very good question, but isn't money found in the middle of all of this chaos? I don't want to say because I'm not such a big money investor. (laughs) (laughs) 
<laughs> but I hear where you're coming from. Nevertheless, to me, one of the things I know people have been talking about from Eswatini going back to the protests has been, yeah. you know, the corrupt government and the fact that the king literally owns everything. Because I know this is a conversation that has happened previously before, even in Europe. In Africa, we had a very different situation. But this is the last mm-hmm. monarch we're having that is ruling a country, a kingdom. Yeah. Could that be also the problem? Because, I mean... In a monarchy, it's different like having a government. It's different institutions, different policies, different ways things are really done. Um, one of the things people have been you know, complaining about, like you mentioned, is the king living a luxurious uh, life. Several wives, not to say that the several wives is also a luxury, but I don't know. Um, <laughs> could it be that there is need for, to decentralize? Is that what it's called? Politically to sound politically correct. Perhaps let's look at it from a context of the demography of Africa. Uh, and yes. we know that uh, a huge percentage, if not 75 or 80% of Africa's population is made up of the youth, right? Mm. Now, uh, the monarch system was something that it's been there for years and years and years and years, right? I don't think, though, that the youth are willing to subscribe to such, such a thing when there's so many opportunities for the youth in this continent and the youth, uh, and we keep mentioning that, no, uh, the youth are the drivers of this economy, I mean, of this continent, and uh, they are the future of this continent. Yet, um, they feel that by applying this monarch system, they are stuck in the past. So they want to move with the times, being the youth that they are. It's like saying to a, uh, to, to, to a youth, yes, we understand that uh, you, are, you, are, you are a youth, but we don't want to give you internet. Uh, I don't think you can play games. I don't think you can have a smartphone. I don't yes. think you should have that. Continue living uh, like you're in 1960. Uh, they're just going to look at you like, are you crazy? So they want to move with the times. And um, frankly, in my opinion, I think it's also time for the country to change and perhaps Mm. give more voice to the people, give um, more room to the people to decide the future that Mm. they want and not continuously Mm. decide for them. And Um, ultimately open up the economy, huh? Yes, 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 because that's that's the only way, right? Mm. Mm. I think... um, the, the, it, it, it's worse. Sadak was in the country uh, yesterday and they were only there for three hours and they left. They promised to come back uh, to try and um, bring peace to the nation. So we're just going to continue uh, watching the, the, the this week as the week unfolds. And uh, hopefully there's a meeting of the minds and people come to the table and come to a speedy resolution around this because it's bad for business. Uh, the estimates that uh, business is worth about 3 billion rand. Oh my God. And uh, it's, it's going to do damage to such a small economy. So hopefully mm. uh, the situation changes. And uh, and it's definitely worse for the region, worse for investment, because this is uh, also a tiny, teeny country that a lot of people, I, I'm assuming, would love to discover. But when if you're having this and all of that, it leaves a gap on, you know, can I even go in? Can I put my money in there? Mm, but, mm, you know, mm, it, it's the first time I'm seeing something like this though happening in Iswatini, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's been happening, but this time uh, the people seem more determined. And the situation has just been made worse by the pandemic. 
And uh, as a country that relies so much on uh, trade with South Africa and Mozambique, all of these protests are delaying trucks that are at the borders. Uh, so those trucks then get blocked from delivering goods to Eswatini, which may see people starving or fuel queues because fuel is not coming in. So it's, 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 it's a situation where people are really frustrated. But um, at the end of the day, um, we need to try and be positive about these things. Uh, yes, there's this that's happening, but investments should not stop. People should continue looking up to these things. I'm sure a, an amicable solution will be found, one that will be stable for the region. And we look forward to doing business, more business in Eswatini again. That's where we're going to leave it for today. Um, a reminder to everyone that the virus is still real. Uh, it's still within us. And with these delayed vaccine rollouts, we can only expect it to be with us for longer. So continue placing a high value on life. Continue listening to the authorities and do not develop a casual attitude. On that note, <laughs> thank you for listening to this episode. Special thank you to Maggie, uh, the team behind the scenes, and of course, the loyal listeners. Remember to visit our website, mansamedia.africa, for more news about the continent, as well as our social media pages, Mansa Media Africa on Facebook and Mansa underscore media on Twitter. I am Dumi Jerry. Until the next time, here's to peace and profits. The Weekly Beat by Mansa with your hosts, Arnold Segawa, Maggie Mutesi, and Dumi Jerry, giving you all the info on Africa's big finance and economic stories. The Weekly Beat by Mansa.